0: And we're back with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode two twenty six, aka season three, episode forty six, uh, coming at you this week. As always, I'm your host, Mister Richie Rich. E. Rich uh, solo again, uh, MC went camping for the weekend and won't be joining us. Uh, so here I am sitting in the hot seat, and you know what that means. Uh, and if you don't, here it is: another edition of Richie Rich reads the news. Before we get into that, though, there's another piece of what I'm going to say is uh, intellectual dishonesty in the media. Um, I'm doing this. I'm I'm recording the show after the uh, Walmart shooter in El Paso, Um, and you're going to get you know. So I, I know that it happened. I don't have all the the details and motives and you know everything that came out, Um, but I do know the narrative. Uh, of when things like this happen and you're going to get, um, you know, gun control people coming out and go, see, this is why we need gun control and gun reform and common sense gun reform and yada, yada, yada. And how could this happen yet again? Uh, and then you're going to get people on the other side going, well, the, the Walmart was a no gun zone, and that's the cause of it, right? If you had people in there with guns, then this would, this tragic event wouldn't have happened. Uh, and and you know they're, they're going to use the the gun-free aspect of it um, to to make the declaration that you know this is this is a case for more guns. Um, and and I'm going to say, in my opinion, that narrative. Whether you know, and and if it doesn't play out in this event, well then fuck me. Uh, Right. But, you know, it's going to. Um, And I'm going to say that both those are uh, a little bit on the intellectually dishonest side, especially when people start talking about it from the, you know, the the freedom and liberty aspect and the, the, you know, the liberty news outlets and, you know, how this is how this can be handled differently in a free society, so on and so forth. And what what those outlets Uh, will always fail to account for because it doesn't serve their purpose, uh, is that, yes, this would absolutely happen in a free society, right? That you're not going to stop uh, things like this from happening. You can slow it. You can can make it so that it, it doesn't get as bad as this type of thing, but crazy people will always be crazy and allowing people to have more freedom um, means dealing with, you know, with the, the problems that come with more freedom and more liberty. Uh, and one of those problems is that crazy people will always exist. Uh, and if you allow them the same freedoms as you do everybody else before they go, you know, bef- before they take actions like this, um, is that they're allowed to be free, which means they're allowed to act as well. Um, and you're never going to stop crazy people from doing dumb things. Um, so the likely scenario right? Is that someone walks into a Walmart, uh, with, with a, uh, automatic weapon or rifle, whatever, um, people are going to die, right? Having, having, uh, more guns in Walmart and more people carrying guns is not going to prevent that dude from walking in with his, uh, and firing away. Oh, maybe they'll catch him in the parking lot. Well, then they'll just start in the parking lot, right? Like that, that, that problem is not going to go away. Um, the narrative should be that it could have been ended sooner uh, if people took action. But even, you know, if, if you go into a Walmart, uh, it's not it's not like even if you were allowed to carry a gun, right, that everyone's, you know, on the defensive preparing to draw at any time uh, on in the event that, you know, a, a crazed shooter walks through, right, There, everyone's not paying attention. You're going, how many people do you actually, you know, I know they got the peoples of Walmart sign, but how much attention do you actually pay? to other shoppers while you're at Walmart, right? you know, I'm not scouring the store uh, l- looking for bad actors um, and, and whom to defend myself against. That's, you know, that's, that's, that's not even the world that I want to live in where I, I have to have to be on guard uh, at, at all times. Uh, so the likelihood is that, you know, with, with, with an assault rifle, you walk into the store or wherever the school or wherever it is you wanting to shoot up, um, and you're going to get some you are absolutely going to be able to kill some people before anyone even thinks to act right before anyone even processes the information about what's going on and is able to draw their firearm, uh, and, and fire back, right. You're going to get some rounds off, right? So there's there's no stopping, uh, shootings from occurring. There's no stopping shootings from occurring, uh, with gun control, uh, because as long as there's as as long as you know people have the ability to manufacture firearms, uh, and now with 3D printers, poof, uh, there goes the whole. You can stop it at the, the corporate level, uh, as long as people have the ability to manufacture firearms or to build you know makeshift guns or something like or you know self defense weapons, uh, whatever you want to call it. As long as that ability exists in the consciousness of humankind. Uh, There will be bad actors that find a way to get a hold of them. Um, And on the other side, this is, again, the the intellectual honesty side of things, uh, for me at least. uh, As long as those people are going to be able to get their hands on guns, um, you're not going to be able to stop them from killing people. Now, you could say, well, it wouldn't be 16 people, it'd be more like two. Well, that's still two. You know, it's not a mass shooting, but it's still a shooting. Um, so, you, you, you know, the, the narrative isn't that this would be stopped or put an end to, right, uh, you know, trot out the gun statistics, right, all these places with guns uh, have, have less gun crime uh, because people are wary about that. Well, mo- average people are, right, sane people are, uh, crazy people off the rocker who want to do bad things and hurt people don't care. Right, they don't care. Statistically, uh, they're likely to die in you know in the act because how many of those people either get you know killed in the act or kill themselves before being taken away, right? It's not like they go into this going like, oh man, I'm going to survive this and this is going to be I'm going to be like top dog now. No, they know going in uh, that the, the the likelihood of survival is low and they they choose accordingly anyway. Um, so you're not going to be able to stop gun violence, uh, with or without gun control. And you're not going to be able to stop, uh, shootings, mass shootings, maybe statistically, maybe, uh, but you're not going to be able to stop crazy people from committing acts of violence and and shootings, uh, by freeing up gun control either. Right. You know, more access, uh, more free access means that more people are going to be able to defend themselves against this. Um, but not a lot of people are experienced or trained or uh, have the mentality necessary to be put on the spot in what's now going to be a high stress situation and fire back upon the, on the gunman, right? Like you know, the, just because you own a gun, just because you carry a gun uh, doesn't mean, you know, you have the, you have the experience required uh, to act accordingly in that situation, right? Not, you know, it's, you know, it's not a, it's not a war zone. You're not, you're not trained for that. Um, you can go practice, right? You can go down to the range and you can practice firing your gun without blinking so that, you know, you're, you're ready to take aim and steady. Uh, but adrenaline is a hell of a drug and a high stress situation is a hell of a situation. Uh, and I don't think, I don't think the average individual is going down to the gun range uh, training for a combat scenario uh, in an urban environment like a Walmart. Right. You know, you're not going in there going like, oh, man, I just wonder what, what what we can do in the store. Like, what well, I'm going to hide behind, uh, you know, the shelving units and just you know, fire around the corner. Like, no, you're not. <laughs> just, I don't I don't see any gun videos going like, oh, all right, this is what you do uh, in the school. Right. You know, it, it just doesn't happen. Um, so you're you're you're, you're it's going to be a situation where people aren't trained, aren't experienced and firing back and having to defend themselves against this. Um, and and that doesn 't make me uh, anti gun right i 'm fine if that 's what you want to do because i'm i 'm the pro freedom uh, side of the argument, um, but what i don 't like seeing from the pro freedom pro liberty uh, pro anarchist side of the argument uh, is that uh, less gun restrictions will stop this right it won 't stop it it 'll stop it sooner maybe if you 're lucky. Uh, and someone decides that, you know, it's going to be them, right? It's, you're going to have to have like a hero mentality, uh, almost, where someone's going to like fire back first, right? Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, it's a, it's just a shootout. Um, and you're likely underpowered, because that dude walked in with an assault rifle. And most people who carry, uh, you know, concealed or openly are usually uh, pistols and handguns, right? So, <laughs> i don't I don't see anybody like walking walking through a walmart with an assault rifle open carrying an assault rifle strapped to the back just in case right just in case the need ever arises that a shooter walks in here i'll be I'll be ready to take them down no no the likelihood is you know the adrenaline will kick in you'll panic a little bit and you'll lucky <laughs> you'll be lucky to get a round off for the average person right which is why it's going to take you know uh, someone uh, well trained right with like a hero's mentality going like I must protect these people um and the likelihood of of them you know getting a shot off before people die is very slim right they're going to be you know wherever they're at uh, you know, getting their household goods, getting their roll of toilet paper, uh, browsing the DVDs in the back of the store, right? And this dude walks in with assault rifle, kills everyone walking in and coming out, you know, and if, if it's a busy high flow traffic day, you're looking at, you know, I'm going to say low numbers, right? You can, he would probably be able to walk into a busy Walmart, be able to fire off and hit at least 10, 15 people, Uh, before anyone who was concealed carrier or open carrying uh, had even the opportunity uh, to draw their weapon and fire back and put an end to it so uh, more gun control is not the answer less gun control is always the answer because that means more freedom Um, but let's let's not dissuade ourselves into thinking that it's going to stop these things from occurring right and and putting that out there uh, i'm going to say again is intellectually dishonest um you know just Stick with the basics, stick with the principles of the matter uh, that you have the, the right and the liberty to own things, uh, regardless of what your government says you can, uh, and you have the uh, natural born, uh, God-given uh, right to defend yourself against uh, any and all aggressions. Uh, and if, if your mechanism for self-defense is a firearm, then you damn well have a right to, uh, to, to purchase one um, or to own one uh you don't have the right to purchase if no one wants to sell to you um but you do have the right to to own one to manufacture one for self-defense purposes uh and trade with whomever you wish to acquire one uh as well and that's all i have to say about that all right let's jump into the headlines that i had prepared for the week uh prior prior to that uh late breaking news uh coming available uh headline parents are giving up custody of their kids to get need-based college financial aid a headline should and can fake news be regulated a headline sometimes helping people is the worst thing you can do a headline tempe police clarifies positive ticketing campaign a headline the basics of social justice headline neighborhood activists would rather preserve tom's diner than let its owner retire in peace uh, headline Thousands of unopened bottles of water meant for Puerto Rico hurricane victims found in field again. So, not even <laughs> in an old article, new news. Uh, headline NIMBYs should pay developers, not sue them to save their views. All right, let's jump right in. Parents are giving up custody of their kids to get need based college financial aid. Uh, this is from ProPublica.org. ProPublica, uh, yeah. Dozens of suburban Chicago families, perhaps many more, have been exploiting a legal loophole to win their children need-based college financial aid and scholarships they would not otherwise receive, court records and interviews show. Coming months after the national Varsity Blues college administration scandal, this tactic also appears to involve families attempting to gain an advantage in an increasingly competitive and expensive college admission system. Parents are giving up legal guardianship of their children during their junior and senior year in high school to someone else, a friend, aunt, cousin, or grandparent. The guardianship status then allows these students to declare themselves financially independent of their families so they can qualify for federal, state, and university aid, a ProPublica Illinois investigation found. It's a scam! said Andy Borst, Director of Undergraduate Admissions at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. Wealthy families are manipulating the financial aid process to be eligible for financial aid they would not be otherwise eligible for. They are taking away opportunities from families that really need it. Uh, While ProPublica Illinois uncovered this practice in north suburban Lake County, where almost four dozen such guardianships were filed in the past 18 months, Similar petitions have been filed in at least five other counties, and the practice may be happening throughout the country. ProPublica Illinois is still investigating. Bors said that he first became suspicious when a high school counselor from an affluent Chicago suburb called him about a year ago to ask why a particular student had been invited to an orientation program for low-income students. Bors checked the student's financial aid application and saw that he had obtained a legal guardian making her eligible to qualify for financial aid independently. The University of Illinois has since identified 14 applicants who did the same, three who just completed their freshman year and 11 who plan to enroll this fall, Borstead. ProPublica Illinois found more than 40 guardianship cases fitting this profile, filed between January 2018 and June 2019 in the Chicago suburb of Lake County alone. The parents involved in these cases include lawyers, a doctor, an assistant school superintendent, as well as insurance and real estate agents. A number of the children are high-achieving scholars, athletes, and musicians who attend or have been accepted to a range of universities from large public institutions, including the University of Wisconsin, the University of Missouri, and Indiana University to smaller private colleges. ProPublica, Illinois, reached parents or guardians in 15 of these cases and none agreed to speak on the record. Some hung up, some hung up. others declined to comment, and some demanded anonymity. Uh, Bohr said that the university told the three students midway through the last school year that their university-based financial aid would be reduced. We didn't hear any complaint, and that is also a big red flag, Bohr said. If they were needy, they would have come in to talk with us. The university now asks more questions of students who have recently entered into guardianship, including whether they have contact with their parents, who they live with, and who pays for their health insurance and cell phone bill. The questions have deterred some families from continuing to seek university aid, Boris said. While the university has discretion over offering institutional aid, it is obligated to distribute the federal and state grants for needy students, known as the Pell Grant and the State Monetary Award Program, or MAP Grant, in Illinois, sports said. Combined, they can total about $11,000 per year. He said the university has alerted the Department of Education and officials at the Illinois agency that administers state financial aid, the Illinois Student Assistant Commission. An ISAC spokeswoman said the agency has not yet been told about a specific case, but that it would alert the state attorney general and the U.S. Department of Education if necessary. A U.S. Department of Education spokesman said he could neither confirm nor deny current or potential investigations. In Illinois last year, about 82,000 students who were eligible for the MAP grant, up to about $5,000, did not receive it because there wasn't enough money. The grant is awarded on a first-come, first-served basis. When filling out an, the application for financial aid, called the Free Application for Federal Student Aid, or FAFSA, uh, students have to prove formal separation from their parents to qualify as an independent. One of the few ways to do this is through a legal guardianship change. Students cannot just declare financial independence, even in cases where parents are able to pay but refuse to do so, Bor said. According to the U.S. Department of Education website, a student in legal guardianship does not need to report parent information on the FAFSA form because he or she is considered an independent student. Independent students are evaluated for financial aid based on their own income and resources and not of their parents. It's not like these families are close or on the tipping point of being eligible for the aid, Bors said. I don't know how big this is, but I hope we can nip this in the bud now. If it is legal, at what point is it wrong? Uh, The process starts in the courthouse. Nearly all the cases identified by ProPublica Illinois were handled by one of two law firms, the Rogers Law Group in Deerfield, which handles most of them, and the Cab Cab Law Group in Naperville. Uh, The only case filed by a different firm involved the family of Rick Rogers of the Rogers Law Group. Uh, The petitions filed by Rogers, whose firm specializes in real estate, are very similar, with language saying that the guardianship would be in the minor's best interest, and typically citing educational reasons. Many, for example, say the guardian can provide educational and financial support and opportunities to the minor that her parents could not otherwise provide. Uh, Reached by phone, Rogers declined several times to comment about the families he represented, the process, or why he sought a legal guardian for his son. The Illinois Probate Act, the law that governs guardianship, does not specify circumstances in which guardianship should be denied. According to Illinois law, a court can appoint a guardian if the parents consent. The minor agrees and the court determines it is in the minor's best interest. Even if the parent is able to care for the child, the court can approve the guardianship if the parents voluntarily relinquish custody of the child. That is what is happening routinely in the Lake County Courthouse until last month when Judge Joseph Salvi, who recently began hearing guardianship cases, questioned a petition involving a high school student who lived with his parents in suburban Long Grove. The judge denied guardianship, and in response, the attorney for the guardian, a close family friend of the student, wrote a brief arguing why the judge should use his broad authority to grant the guardianship. In the brief, attorney Mari Berlin argued that the student's parents are finalizing a divorce and can't afford to support his college education. It said that the family is working with a certified college planner to help him find a way to independently support himself through college with specific focus on how to afford tuition. Uh, Berlin wrote in the brief that the student who dreams of becoming a doctor would be best served by a guardianship that would allow him to attain the independent status necessary to achieve his goal. Berlin of the Cabby group, Law Group said the firm has represented families in about a dozen cases uh, in Lake County. She said the firm has filed between 20 and 30 cases in all, with varying success. Throughout the Chicago area during the past two years, including in Kane, Will, DuPage, Cook, and McHenry counties, uh, Berlin said families who are going this route are not in a financial position where their income is too high to qualify for financial aid, but they still will struggle to pay for college. While this is an atypical use of guardianship, Berlin said families have a strong legal basis for bringing the cases. The law doesn't preclude it, she said. It's a solution they've been able to find as college costs go up and they are unable to pay, she said. It is in the best interest of the minor, which is the statute's purpose. In typical guardianship cases, an adult is stepping into care for a child after an unexpected or troubling event. Mothers are homeless, seeking mental health care, or working two jobs and can't care for a child. Fathers are in prison, addicted to drugs, or deported. Uh, One Lake County guardianship case describes a child suffering from severe physical and emotional abuse by a parent, while another pleads, he is a good kid, he is alone, he needs someone to take care of him. Those are the types of cases Rebecca Rashid Faraki usually deals with at Chicago Volunteer Legal Services, a legal aid group that she says handles more than 300 guardianship cases in Cook County annually. While she said she hasn't the the so-called college guardianship cases, she said the law is intended to address the life of a child as a minor and who will care for the child on a day-to-day basis, not an 11th hour petition right before the teen turns 18. That's not the way guardianship is supposed to be used, she said. If someone is trying to do that at the very last minute, it seems they might be trying to take advantage of the system. Uh, the children obtaining guardianship for educational opportunities have attended some of the area's most prestigious schools, including Stevenson High School in Lincolnshire and Glenbrook North High School in Northbrook. Others go to high schools in Vernon Hills, Lake, Libertyville, and Lake Forest. Uh, A guardian interviewed by ProPublica Illinois said he felt conflicted when some family friends asked him to be their daughter's guardian. He wanted to help the girl whose work ethic and grades he admires. I did wrestle with this, said the man, who agreed to speak as long as he was not identified. He said his wife works at a university and knows it from the other side, he said. And her comment was, it is going to deprive someone else of financial aid. And And so that's the issue. I was told it does not. Uh, it's one of those gray areas, and my heart wanted me to do it for the family, the man said, but I also have a conscience. I wanted to make sure that we're doing the right thing. Uh, the man eventually agreed to become the teenager's guardian, though the guardianship lasted only about a month until she turned eighteen. He said that she did not provide financial that he did not provide financial support for her and that she did not live in his home. The man said he asked a lot of questions of Rogers, the attorney on the case, and the college consultant named Laura. Georgieva uh, with whom the family worked Georgieva runs a Lincolnshire based college consulting company destination college which offers strategies to lower tuition expenses Uh, the company's logo is a graduation cap with a dollar with dollar bills (laughs) spilling out of it Uh, in the videos testimonials clients praise the company for saving them money she is tied to at least several of the families as well as to Rogers the attorney who is featured in the video The description for the company's premier service includes a college financial plan using income and assets shifting strategies to increase your financial and merit aid and lower out-of-pocket tuition expenses. Uh, Reached Monday morning, Georgieva said she was in the middle of something and would call later. She then contacted an attorney, Philip Zizuk, who called ProPublica Illinois on her behalf to say she was worried about being depicted in a false light. Uh, Zysuk said he would relay ProPublica's Illinois questions to Georgieva. As of publication time, she has not responded. Uh, Mark Kantrovitz, a leading financial aid expert and publisher and vice president of research for SavingForCollege.com, called the guardianship change an extreme measure. This is the first time I've heard of something so brazen, Kantrovitz said. It's completely unethical. Uh, universities began responding Monday afternoon to the ProPublica Illinois investigation. Uh, Christian Bassi, a University of Missouri spokesman, said the school is investigating to ensure that guardianships are not filed simply to try and gain financial advantage. He said "University' officials are flagging accounts that may have benefited from this practice and have been in contact with other schools in the Midwest. We are and would be extremely disappointed with anyone who would try to change their information with the sole purpose of taking money from a need-based program when they would typically not be eligible, he said. A spokeswoman for the university of Wisconsin, Madison said the university may review and adjust its financial aid awards at any point. If evident emergence that a student actually receiving parental or other financial support not reported on the FAFSA uh, end of the article, I started college, uh, at age 17, uh, far from home, right? Like yeah, I, I grew up in Hawaii. I went to college in Washington state, uh, and did not have, you know, family or friends there. Uh and I was 17 again at the time. And I remember uh you know, I had a work study job to to supplement uh you know, the financial aid package that I was given, uh which included included scholarships, grants and loans. Um uh, I remember talking with my boss uh at the time because, you know, we we uh, friends I, yeah, I want to say friends. I, we became friends for the, for the time that I was there. Uh, you know, i i you know, uh, went to her house for Thanksgiving. We, you know, we, we talked outside of work, that sort of thing. Um, you know, knew her kids, that sort of thing. Um, and I remember her saying that, you know, her husband, uh, at the time was going to the university for free, uh, because as a family member, uh, family members of employees, could attend the college for free, um, you know, and, and, you know, cost of books and whatever, um, not included, but for the most part free. And I remember saying like, oh man, knowing that, you know, that, that her husband's going for free, uh, her, her kids, when they get old enough, will be going for free. Um, I was like, man, you should adopt me. I'm like, if, and if you adopted me, my mom, you know, who had custody of me at the time, would allow that, uh, for the financial aid alone like that, you know, to, to save that much money uh, on college. Um, and I'm on record. Like my, my college degree is virtually worthless. Uh, I don't, I don't use it everything I learned. That's important. I learned after the fact, um, I'm not in a, a highly successful high paying job, uh, that requires an MBA. Uh, can I do those things? Yeah, I absolutely can't but you know, other, other things, you know, preclude that from occurring. Um, so I'm not, I'm not even like utilizing that expensive piece of paper and document that I got. Uh, now if it, if it were free, you know, that'd be a different story. They're like, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's worth what what we paid for it. Uh, but I remember talking to her and, you know, I was like, I turn 18 next semester. So if this is really going to happen, like we should get the ball rolling now. Um, it didn't happen it didn't you know we never pursued it further um, probably cuz she thought i was joking but you know in so i read this article like that's so fucking smart right and and you know you read the you read the ethics of the article um, and it's like well it's not illegal it's a loophole you know these things are put in place you know for for this and that reason i go these people of, of course they're the families of doctors and lawyers uh and and, and whatever and and um Uh, high earning professionals that are doing this because those are the people that know how to take advantage of the system and have the means to do so. They, they have the, the foresight, um, and knowledge and wisdom to go through the process, uh, to, you know, to, to get the most bang for the buck. They're probably also the families that recognize, um, the, the reasons and the rationale behind the, uh, skyrocketing, cost of college and university now. Um I you know, I, I I know what I paid and I haven't looked to see uh what tuition is now for for the university that I graduated from. Um but I'm sure, you know, I'm sure that it's substantial. Uh and substantially more than I paid, you know, uh now twenty years ago um uh, for, for for that quote unquote education. Um uh, so I can't even imagine uh what is what it's like for, you know, families who go like, well you have to go to college because that statement in itself is a scam. Um, you don't have to go, uh, and especially with, you know, the, with that many, with that many degrees, uh, that much competition coming out, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. It's, it's overloaded. It's, it's saturated, uh, even to that point. Um, but if you, so if you're going to go and you want to have the, like the college experience and get the degree and do all of that, uh, you probably should find a way to, to go at the cheapest rate possible, right? Any with anything to get a good deal. Uh, so to take advantage of of this um, this system, this situation, like I number one, I have no problem uh, with the loophole aspect of it. Uh, and if your if your complaint is that it's a needs based, state sponsored education, well, then you're just getting your tax money back because <laughs> the the, the needs based people who would you know otherwise get those funds uh, likely didn't pay much into it if they're financially dependent on the system to begin with. So so now you know you're the doctor you're the lawyer you're the lawyer family, uh, you know you you're, you you pay your taxes substantially higher than most people. So to keep those folks alive, then you pay your your city tax bill for the schools uh, to put those low income people to school. Meanwhile, you pay for your kid to go to private. So you're double paying for your kid's education because you got to pay for someone else's along with yours. And then you get to college, and they want you to do the same thing. And it's like nope. We just, we sign this form. We give up legal guardianship for a month, you know, as it's 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 about to expire anyway. We just on paper, you are financially independent now, boy, uh, and 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 then you save hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? Like who wouldn't do that? Uh, who wouldn't do that? And that's not even to get into the entire discussion, uh, which we won't get into here, of of what's causing. The skyrocketing college prices to begin with, like that's a whole separate discussion. And when you get into that, um, you realize that, yeah, you know, if, if the price is artificially high, um, and everything, everything's artificially inflated, uh, you know, due to government mandates, government strictures and government interference, and what would otherwise be a free and open market in education. Um, yeah, I have no problem taking advantage of that system at all if you choose to do so, you know, if, if you're like, nah, it's not worth the headache or, you know, we can afford it anyway, or who cares? And we're not going to college and, you know, fucking fantastic for you. Uh, but if you, but if you're like, nope, I'm going to go to college cause you know, going to uh, you know, run the family trade, gotta be a lawyer, gotta be a doctor, whatever. Um, Yeah learn you know if you're gonna if you if you're in a law family learn the loopholes and take all the advantage you can uh, because when when there's restrictions placed on the freedom of people to act freely uh, causing prices to rise uh, well beyond the actual value of the education that they're getting and that's the other thing right that's the other thing that uh, can be addressed here uh, is the the price for value right you know everyone everyone the narrative now is that everyone is saying that how expensive college is, and how long you're in debt uh, once you graduate. Well, if you know that up front, right, it's hard. It's it's harder to say that college is worth it now, uh, based on that value proposition, right? If all the news outlets are saying that college is too expensive and and students are taking, you know, in debt for thirty years and preventing them from doing other things uh, because they're they're graduating with worthless degrees. Um, you can tell that to an incoming freshman now, right? You can tell that to a high school graduate now. Maybe you don't want to do that. Maybe, you know, maybe you're not as special uh, as everyone says you are. And the likelihood is that you're going to end up like everyone else in your graduating class who chooses to go to college. uh, And that's, you know, hundreds of thousand dollars in debt coming out into a, in a field uh, or with a degree that's not going to get you a high paying job anytime soon and saddle you, uh, with, with almost, um, unbearable debt. Uh, you can tell that to them now because that's been the narrative, uh, for at least the last decade, uh, and maybe even longer. I don't remember, I don't remember what was being told or what was in the news, uh, when I started college, cause I wasn't paying attention to that. Uh, but my parents were gung ho about going like it was, it was an absolute necessity, uh, that you get there. And I, you know, it may have been bad advice at the time, uh, but I remember one professor saying, "You know, when when I was uh, either junior or senior, his advice was stay in school as long as you can because that's when you know the the uh, internet dot com bubble kind of busted, um, and there and the the availability for job for high paying jobs right out of colleges were disappearing." Uh, He's like, well, you know, try to ride this out as long as you can, you know, keep getting your education as long as you can, because there's no job market for you right now. You know, so you might, you might as well take advantage of the university system, uh, until, until the job market reestablishes itself. And I don't know if that ever, ever really happened the way it was before. Um, but either way, so yeah, so, so take advantage of everything you can, uh, while you can, um, and you know, if, 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 if that takes away, uh, from somebody else, well, then the, the system is broken, right? Which we already know. Uh, but that doesn't mean that you have to like play fair, uh, in a broken system. If the, if the system is broken, you do you right. You, you do what's best for you in your individual life, uh, and let the system figure it out, right. If the, if the colleges want to reevaluate financial aid statuses after the fact, by all means, that's their prerogative. They can do so after the fact, uh, but your job is to look out for your best interest and the you know the best interest of your family your children um, and saddling them with hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt uh when you can give up guardianship for a month uh seems to be in their best interest right seems to be something that would help them uh in the long run uh and it's not it's not up to you to worry about what's in the best interest of some other, some other child, some other family's kid, right? That's their concern. That's their worry. That's them. That's for them to do the research, them to look at. Uh, and if that is of concern to you, right, then you could start a nonprofit, uh, you know, or company to help them, uh, do these same things, right? Game the system as much and as often as possible. Uh, because, Gaming, uh, there's, there's nothing illegal about gaming the system. Take advantage of, take advantages of loopholes here and there, right? That's why they call them loopholes and not, you know, criminal behavior, right? Because it's, it's, it's not in the spirit of the law, but it's definitely within the purview of the law. Uh, and if they want to, you know, and, and I'm not suggesting that more laws get added, uh, but if you want people to act in the spirit of the law, it needs to be written accordingly, uh, to modify behavior, uh, in such a way. And guess what? Uh, the smart people, the doctors, the lawyers, the educated ones, uh, will find a loophole around whatever it is you want to write down on pieces of paper, uh, because that's what we do. Uh, not that I'm a doctor or a lawyer, but you know, the, the, the educated a- among us, um, the people that look at these things and go like, how can I, how can I game this, uh, to my advantage? Cause again, had an opportunity uh, you know, threw it out there when it, when I was starting college to do the same, to do something very, very similar, get a free education, uh, you know, and, and save, save my family, my parents and myself a uh, fuck ton of money going for going with it and didn't think anything of it. Didn't think that I was taking from somebody else. Didn't think that I was, you know, gaming the system in any way. I went, Oh, if that's, if that's what's allowed, then that's what we should do uh, for, for the, for my financial benefit. Right. You know, and why shouldn't we, right? Why wouldn't we, uh, you know, granted that everyone has their own prerogative and my boss could have said, no, she could have said no outright. She couldn't have even told me that that was a thing possible. Uh, she could have said like, no, oh, that would be wrong. And I wouldn't agree to it, which would have been fine her prerogative. Um, but no, you know, when, 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 when this market is messed up so much to this point, um, yes, it's, it is absolutely your right and your prerogative to take advantage, uh, at any and at all turns, um. If, if that's something that you, you know you choose to do if, if you want to go to school and again I'm not even advocating going to school but if you're going to try to do it the cheapest right you know there's, there's no harm uh, even you know when you're buying stuff right there's no harm in negotiating price um, the price tag might be on the on the box right the the, the barcode uh, might have something in the system um, but we you know we we, we we need not live in a world uh, where the price is always set and finalized and final right if, if you know, you can ask for a discount, you can ask for whatever. Um, and the only thing that says, don't be an asshole, sir. It's in the system. That's the price. All right, whatever. Uh, but if you, the answer is always no, uh, if you don't ask. So, you know, in, in the case of colleges, uh, if you don't even try to save yourself some money, uh, you're doing yourself uh, and your future, a disservice. Um, And if this and if this mechanism holds through for another few years until they figure out the loopholes and get whatever rules and regulations and laws and statutes passed, um, then take advantage of it now. Right. Get your legal guardianship over yourself now uh, or your kids, you know, give the give guardianship to some friend or family now uh, so that you can take advantage of this uh, going forward. And in the future, why not? Why wouldn't you? Uh, You you know, like I said, you're doing yourself a disservice by not acting accordingly. Uh, Moving on, should, can fake news be regulated? There's an old saying that you can't legislate stupidity. Overreaching policies won't change that fact and will only end up stripping freedoms from everyone. This is from Fee. Uh, Fake news has become the go-to response to questions or news stories a public figure doesn't agree with or like. Though it was popularized in the U.S., politicians and pundits all over Europe uh, now use the same response to deflect, avoid scrutiny, and sometimes point out reality. Uh, most humorous but potentially dangerous accusations of fake news have become business as usual from public officials, social media, butterflies, and commenters, commentators around the world. But does that mean false stories and those who create them should be regulated and censored by the government? The Case Against Government Censorship Uh, Ever since the internet became a primary means of business and individual communication and commerce, it has been under attack from various government agencies, social justice advocates, the watchdog groups, who wants to regulate it or shut it down, large sections of it. Uh, Under the guise of protecting citizens' rights, government agencies around the world had implemented digital regulations that range from Europe's GDPR, the General Data Protection Regulation Requirements, to the overreach of Australia's intrusive snooping laws. We'll leave discussions about net neutrality and the latest exploits of Mark Zuckerberg for another time. While most might agree that publishing false or misleading news stories can be harmful to a public that deserves honesty and transparency from their government and news media, regulating the speech of groups or average citizens in the information age is impractical and nearly impossible from a legal and enforcement standpoint. It also leads to a slippery slope that threatens to punish protected forms of speech like satire and valid criticism. In other words with emerging pockets of Orwellian newspeak popping up everywhere, balancing the demand for government and journalistic integrity with the public's right to freedom of expression leaves us with no easy answer. How can we have a free, unfettered internet and micromanaged nanny state at the same time? Can a global, borderless means of discourse and information sharing ever really be regulated? Or should moderation fall to private enterprises and the discernment of we the people? totalitarianism versus technology. Many artificially intelligent algorithms can help with the fake news problem, but they aren't foolproof. Using platforms like search engines and web browsers that aren't subject to bias or paid advertisers is another. All of these approaches rely on a partnership between technology and private enterprise to come up with monitoring systems that are fair and impartial. Sometimes, technology isn't even necessary to root out fake or unreliable content and content creators. Uh, Most large platforms use verification mechanisms to determine if a website, group, or individual is who they say they are, and they'll mark such platforms with a verification checkmark or authentication symbol. It doesn't always guarantee accuracy in their reporting, but you'll know who to hold accountable. Legitimate satire websites typically include a disclaimer at the bottom of their page and on every story, although The Onion doesn't, rascals. You can click on the link embedded in the article to determine the source and to learn more about the author of the content. Uh, typing a quote into a search engine will reveal if it's an actual quote, the context, and who deserves credit. Often, all it takes is looking beyond the baity headlines and jumping straight to the like-share button to determine if something is fake, satire, or a complete lie. When fake becomes dangerous. Scams and schemes are not new, nor are they unique to the internet. There are some who believe that if you fall for a phishing scam, you deserve to lose all of your money, but that's kind of extreme. The government has determined not all speech is protected. The most commonly cited example is yelling, fire, in a crowded movie theater. Any speech or literature that is determined to incite violence can also be subject to criminal liability and is illegal under civil law to publicly slander or libel someone. But technology has not only made the world safer and more efficient, it has also made communication more dangerous in some respects. Take the example of deep fakes. Technological fakery advances. Deep fakes are videos of real people that are doctored by high-tech software to make it appear that they are saying that they are untrue or misrepresented and are not anything the subject of the video ever actually said. It takes merely reporting something out of context to a new level of shenanigans. A famous recent example is the video of Nancy Pelosi that was altered slightly and slowed down to make it appear that she was slurring her words, implying she is often drunk on the job. The problem is that such altered videos can sway public opinion and become dangerous when they incite us into wars against ourselves and others, other nations to, or to trick us into inviting oppression. In light of this frightening trend, government agencies in the US and UK are pushing to regulate or punish social media companies where such fakery is posted. Does self-regulation ever work? Does a hosting platform bear the responsibility for articles, videos, and photos which are posted and shared by public and private citizens or groups if their intent in sharing it is proven to be malicious? That's the big question. Tech industry giants like Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter have put self-regulatory mechanisms in place to block, to, uh, in place to block and report content, but there are persistent complaints, typically from the right against the presumed leftward tilt of these outlets. That biased algorithms are unfair curators make it a pointless exercise. Human nature tells us that even if something is proven false, a certain number of people still think it's true and will share it even harder thanks to their own cognitive dissonance or sheer sensationalism. This typically leads to a heavy-handed government stepping in to provide regulation, a move that can cause more damage in the area of civil liberty loss than the original fake news ever did. But there's a good chance that's where we're headed. Where's the culprit? Another difficulty in assessing blame for fake news and deepfake is finding out who started the thing in the first place. The same virtual private network services that are heavily promoted as a way for the average internet user to fight off malware and viruses associated with hackers don't magically make themselves unavailable to those bent on propagating fake news. The IP anonymity created by a VPN makes it hard for regulating bodies to find out who should be punished due to the difficulty in finding where it started in the first place. What's the answer? Until tech companies come up with a way to get rid of malicious content with a fair, unbiased, even-handed approach, it should be left up to us to use our brain to fact-check and become discerning in what we view and share. We also have to stop rewarding sensationalists, opportunists, and troublemakers with likes, views, and shares. Content can't go viral without our help. Uh, Final thoughts? We're lucky enough to still live in a country where we have relative freedom of expression so far. Unless you plan to shun the internet altogether, your best bet is probably not to look to a government body to save you from the agitators of the world. There's an old saying that you can't legislate stupidity. Gullible people are always going to exist knee-jerk overreaching policies won't change that fact and will only end up stripping freedoms from everyone. Uh, end of the article. They tell me I should get off Facebook and maybe they're right. Um, however, it's still, it's still where people are, right? So that's where, that's where I go. Um, and I probably, I probably spend less time on Facebook than the average person does. Um, it's not a go-to for me. It's not, I'm not, um, uh, I'm not addicted to it, uh, in any sense of the word. I don't need to be there. Um, but it's, you know, it's, it's one form of entertainment when there's nothing else going on, right? Um, it's, it's, I, I read a lot of headlines looking for, um, stories for the show. Um, and I have an RSS feed that, you know, curates those from a, a selection of sites, uh, that I choose, um. But I also long ago started setting up my Facebook newsfeed, and I know it's, it's I know it's an algorithm now, and it's not what it once was. Um, but I always looked at the Facebook newsfeed as a news aggregator for myself, right? Interspersed with ads, of course, and interspersed with you know friends and family content, which has grown uh, as as the amount of you know people that call themselves friends of mine exist on Facebook. Uh, but I I always considered it like a news aggregator platform for me right uh the organizations that i like post their stories uh, people that i'm friends with in the same community post what they find um i post things that i find of interest to me um and that's that's how i use it and the, you know the occasional messaging to friends uh what has gotten bizarre for me uh on facebook is the amount of uh, fake news alerts uh, <laughs> that pop up throughout the feed um and they're usually uh, alerts for sites that are satire, right? They're 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 satirical in nature. That's their purpose. They're not they're not news outlets uh propagating false information. They're satire sites and all of a sudden uh the the Facebook algorithm has decided to fact check the satire sites and say like fake news alert or whatever whatever thing comes up at the bottom. And it's so stupid because it misses the whole point of satire. <clears throat> It misses the, the whole, uh, entertainment, uh, aspect of, of satirical news outlets. Um, and it, it's, it, we're, we're now at a stage, I think it was like two weeks ago now that, uh, Mad Magazine decided to close down and I've never had a subscription. Um, uh, never really, it wasn't really my thing, but I appreciated, um, what it brought to the table, the, 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 the humor, the, the satirical side of things, uh, the poking fun at everyone Uh, Type of news outlet, right? And you know, so so back in the magazine days, you had uh, you had Mad Magazine, and in the early stages of the internet, you had you know, Cracked uh, was another enter uh, was another website with entertainment value um, for for that sort of thing. And you know, then the Onion, um, and the Onion, you know, the the Onion isn't even what it used to be because it used to be you know top notch satire, Uh, but now you now you have sites like Babylon B, you know, the Hard Times. Um, man, there was one other one that I uh, spacing on the name right now, but they produce hilarious content, uh, of a satirical nature. And what I don't need is a fake news alert underneath every article that someone shares from Babylon B or the hard times or the onion, because those are, uh, known satire outlets, right? Those, no one reads those stories going, Oh my gosh, this is what's really going on in the world they read those stories because it's a social commentary of a satirical nature about what's really going on in the world. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a measure of perspective, uh, of certain things that are going on in the world. Um, and it's, and it should be treated as such. I don't need a fake news alert for a satire site, uh, on my, on my newsfeed. I know it's satire that's why i subscribed that's why i liked it that's you know that's why i commented on it or whatever it's it's because i find the sati- the satire to be entertaining and humorous enough to want more of it um because a lot of it uh is is a good way to like measure perspective on the real news that's out there right you know the the, the real news that's out there is you know politician a is doing bad things x and you know the satire is poking fun right is ridiculing politician a from doing whatever X that they're doing, because that's what's needed. When, when people do ridiculous things, uh, you know, they need to be ridiculed. That's, that's like the, that's the base of the word. Uh, it ne- needs to be ridiculed and, and thank God, uh, that we have sites like, you know, the onion Babylon B uh, and the hard times out there t- doing the Lord's work, uh, and poking fun at these people. Um, the other thing that, you know, in the, in the era of fake news, um, I think Babylon B posted something, uh, about being sued over this, um, uh, and, and, you know, them, them looking to figure out, uh, what's going on and, and how they're going to fight it. I went and, and went and pulled this up because this is how bad it's gotten, right? Babylon B, uh, suing Snopes, uh, for the fact checking because it's not meant to fact check. Right, they're not supposed to be fact-checking Babylon B. Babylon B is not a fact-producing site; it's satire. Uh, so, from from Babylon B, uh, as you know, fake news, which is distinguished from satire by its intent to mislead, was widely considered a serious issue in the last election cycle. As a result, social media networks like Facebook began partnering with fact-checkers to try and limit the distribution of fake news on their platform. Snopes was one of them. Uh, at one point, a piece of ours was rated false by Snopes. Well, fucking duh, because it's not, it's not news. Uh, prompting Facebook to threaten us with limitations and demonetization. We made a stink about this, and after some media attention shed light on the problem, Facebook apologized for hand, for their handling of the matter and admitted that satire is not the same as fake news. Uh, We came out on top last time, but this latest smear from Snopes is both dishonest and disconcerting. We have no choice but to take it very seriously. For better or worse, the media, the public, and social networks all look to Snopes for authoritative answers. By lumping us in with fake news and questioning whether we really qualify as satire, Snopes appears to be actively engaged in an effort to discredit and deplatform us. While we wish it wasn't necessary, we have retained the law firm to represent us in this manner. So you have you have the, the fact checkers actively going after the satire people, right? In order to control the narrative uh, of of what they want to be to what they want to be seen and heard out there. Um, I'm not going to get into the uh, the you know the, the the platforming issue because yes, uh, those platforms are privately owned, privately operated, yada yada yada. You can do what you want. You can deplatform who you want. Um, does not matter to me. Uh, but when when there's an active campaign out there to to stop uh, satire sites by calling them fake news, um, you have to question what it is you're actually reading anyway, because if, if Snopes is the authority on what is truth and what is false, then all they have to do is to skew and bias in their own favor for their own personal agendas uh, in order to skew what other people are reading. <clears throat> Excuse me. And you can't have that either, right? You can't have, you can't have the authority or, or just one authority. You have to be able to discern these things on your own. Um, and, if, and if, you know, if you read things that are obviously false uh, and, but in a humorous manner, right, you can consider that satire. If it was, you know, CNN running the same type of articles out there claiming that these, you know, politicians and celebrities and figures are, are doing the things that uh, that are clearly false, well then yes, you know, there, there are laws in place already to prevent that. These slander and libel laws are already there uh, in, in, in civil court to say like, no, you, you can't make false statements uh, about people and pass it off as true, right? It, th- those are already things. Um, so, so... You have to be the one discerning uh, on your own newsfeed, whether it's Facebook or Twitter or, or any of the other social networks the myriad of social networks uh, available to you uh, what if what you're reading is is true or false and if it comes from a, a known satire outlet, right you know take it as humor right? Take it, take it as the fun and engaging and, you know, maybe thought provoking thing that it is, right? That's the other weird thing about it. Um, it's those satire sites, uh, that, you know, give, should give you pause if you're reading it and going like, huh, that's a different perspective. I would not have gotten that otherwise. Um, because even though that's not their, what they're there to do by design, it's very, it's a very real thing. Right. It gives you the it gives you the perspective that you wouldn't have gotten on your own uh, because a lot of people are so enamored with, you know, this candidate or that candidate or this celebrity or that celebrity uh, that, the, you know, they don't see the forest through the trees, so to speak. Uh, they don't look past uh, the you know, what the what they, the what their own belief system will allow. Uh, and then they come across these and it hits them hard right in the cognitive dissonance area. Right. It goes like, wow, yeah, other people are thinking this way about the same situation uh, that I just put myself in or the same, the same news story, um, that I, that I was reading, uh, and, and, you know, to, to tie this back with how I opened the show, uh, it kind of goes back to, um, you know, intellectual honesty in the news, right? If, if, if news outlets, real news outlets were better curated or more intellectually honest with their content, um, did a better job on their own, making sure that the news that they were putting out there was sourced, valid. Accurate, irrefutable, uh, even um, b- before you know, running with the story, uh, then then maybe this wouldn't be an issue, right? Maybe you wouldn't need, um, you would still have satire sites, but you wouldn't need fake news fact checkers out there, um, you know, doing the research for you, right? You know, <laughs> if 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 the news if the if the news reporters actually did the work, right, there there would be no need to fact check. necessarily. Right. Because the fact check would be there in the story. It would be like, here's the source. Uh, here, here's where we got the information from. Here's, you know, the, the audio recording of the interview that we conducted with this person. So when we say that they said this, uh, we know that this is what they said. Um, it's not taken out of context, or if you think it's taken out of context, you know, here's a link to the video or the audio recording of the entire interview or, or however it goes so that the individual, um, can do that on their own and doesn't need to go to like, Oh, did this really happen? Let me go check Snopes because, and Snopes has all the answers. No, it, it, you know, if, if news articles took themselves or news outlets took themselves more seriously, uh, you wouldn't need fact check sites because the fact checks would be in the article. And as one thing, um, I, I, know I talked about this before. Um, you know, I, I, I had a, a discussion with a female friend uh, a while ago about like fluoride in the water. Uh, and she was like, for it, right? Like, you know, for no choice, just put fluoride in the municipal water supply. Um, and the best source uh, for the counter argument was uh, uh, was InfoWars and Alex Jones, right? And she goes, well, you can't trust that site. I go, you're right. You cannot trust that site. Uh, not that Alex Jones and InfoWars and Prison Planet are fake news uh, per se, right? They just He just has a way of extrapolating the data uh, to come to a different conclusion than most. But here's what that site did have, right? It had all the citations to all the other articles, to all the other research papers, uh, you know, that was done. So I said, you don't have to go to, to read this article uh, to get the outcome. You can go to this article to get the facts, right? You you can get the facts and draw your own conclusion, uh, but at least they linked to all the facts, Right? And, you know, and, and it's, it's entertaining and it's off the cuff and it's off the wall, but if, when you read the article, the facts should be there or linked to or uh, uh, presented in such a way that you can go back to the original source uh, in some form or fashion, right? If they're, if they're quoting from a book, you, you should be able to, like, pick up that book, find the, find the citation, and read what it says, Right, and when the news articles fail to do that, and they get you know off the street reports uh, when they're when they're reporting on what people are tweeting about, yeah, you're going to get some fake news because that's not a news outlet. That's not a that's not a reliable source of information to begin with. And when news outlets start doing their jobs uh, in presenting the facts accordingly, uh, then you wouldn't have to worry about fake news, and satire can then just be what it is, which is you know uh, comical commentary. Uh, on the social and political climate uh, that currently exists in the world. Uh, that's it for me. I've hit my mark on time, ending the show right now because uh, I got stuff to do. Uh, thank you very much for listening, everybody. You know where to find us anarchistexperience.com, minds.com slash the anarchist experience. And if you'd like to contribute to the show financially, please do so through Patreon, patreon.com slash the anarchist experience. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week. Peace.